Take 10. I'm Richard Cherry. I am also known as Stephanie's husband uh, and I'm the church drummer. Uh, today I'm not drumming unfortunately in these uh, difficult times. I've written a prayer called thanks. Thank you for your grace and undying work in our lives God. Thank you for your goodness and for your blessings over us. Thank you that you're able to bring hope through even the toughest of times at the moment and strengthen us for your purposes. Thank you for your great love and care. Thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you that you're always with us and will never leave us even though we are not grateful. Forgive us that we don't thank you enough. Thank you for all that you do and all that you've given us. Help us cast our eyes on our hearts every day to you. Renew our spirits, fill us with your peace and joy and take away our worries. Bless us this day, God. Lastly, thank you for your sacrifice in your son, Jesus Christ, in his death for our everlasting salvation. We love you and we need you this day, every day. God, we praise you. Only you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning and welcome to our online service this morning. Thank you, Richard, for leading us in prayer. Richard, of course, would have been playing drums for us normally, but it's great to have him and have all those people involved. Again, thank you to our FOG members last week for all their participation and for leading us last week. And we know many of you enjoyed seeing the kids taking part. Just to let you know about our prayer and praise times, which continue on Tuesdays, Thursdays at noon, and then on Sunday mornings at 10.30. Our storehouse collections continue also on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1 to 2. And then we introduced last week, and that will continue this week, our Wednesday Wisdom, which is 8 p.m. on Facebook Live. All of these things, if you don't have Facebook, can be uh, accessed via the podcast, and so you can get all these resources there. Georgie's going to read to us now as we continue our morning worship. Good morning, everyone. The reading this morning is taken from Acts chapter 16, beginning at verse 11. And it's about Lydia's conversion in Philippi. From Troas we went out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace. And the next day on to Neapolis. From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman who had gathered there. One of these listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Here endeth the lesson. 
As well as the pandemic that we find ourselves in the middle of the lockdown that we are under, the guidelines that are continually, and we pray hopefully, being lifted in these current times, and all that covers our news screens, our social media feeds, our, our papers about. There's also been an event that's been happening in these last couple of weeks that has maybe taken over some of that in the newspapers and those social media feeds, and that's the death of George Floyd and, and all the protests that have happened because of it and all the way in which America has been reacting to it. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of that. Maybe you've wondered about how to respond. Maybe you've seen the hashtag Black Lives Matter and all that has happened in the midst of that. Maybe you've seen the black squares that have been appearing all over social media feeds. And the reason people are protesting is because they want justice to be served. They want the oppression to stop. They want the justice system to do what it should be doing. They're seeking all of us to respond in a right and proper way, to stop inequality, to ensure that those who are being oppressed have the right and have a voice in the midst of all they find themselves in. George Floyd has become a catalyst for that movement in these times. And the Christian faith and the Christian Bible seeks that same response. In a way, it is a protest to the society and the culture that we live in. It's a protest and a rebellion because it seeks justice. It seeks oppression to stop. It seeks equality for people. It stands up as a voice for the voiceless. It stands up for the minority and the alien within the gates. The Christian faith stands up for those who are often under the boot of the empire. Because a lot of the New Testament was written from that point of view. It was written when there was an empire literally standing with a physical boot on their neck ensuring that they didn't protest, ensuring that they didn't have all that they were entitled to, ensuring that the Roman Empire got all that it wanted and it deserved, and if you didn't go along with it, you faced certain death. That is what the Christian faith stands up against. That is the aspect of which the Bible comes. It talks about freedom and two of the, the biggest, most climatic moments in both Old and New Testament come from the point of view of freedom from slavery, freedom from oppression, freedom from the injustices. In the Old Testament, that freedom was the freedom from slavery under the Egyptian empire. And you'll know that story where they were taken into Egypt and the end of Genesis, Joseph and his family go into Egypt and are given this wonderful plot of land, given all the freedom because Joseph was the second in command over the, over the whole of Egypt, only to Pharaoh himself. But he was given this freedom. But when the Pharaohs die and Joseph and the people are forgotten, they find themselves as slaves in Egypt. And the whole of the Exodus story and indeed the whole of the rest of the Old Testament is pinnacle around this moment of Passover, of their freedom from literal slavery and bondage and into the promised land that God had promised them, ironically. That's the Old Testament story. The New Testament story, when Jesus comes into this land, into humanity, into this world, 
He offers a freedom that isn't freedom from the slavery of an empire, and it was the Roman Empire at that time, those thousands of years ago. He offers us a freedom from the slavery of sin, a greater freedom that we can now have. It's the point at which not only the history of Israel changes, but the history of humanity changes. We are offered a freedom from the oppression of sin, the injustice that sin brings, the pain, the heartache, the worry that sin brings. He offers us that freedom. And so the whole of the Bible talks about this freedom. And this morning... As we are read to by Georgie, we see once again that freedom. The story is one of Lydia. She was a privileged woman. She was probably a rich woman. She was a dealer in purple cloth. She came from a Gentile part of the world. And so for her to be in this story, for her to be in this book and in this passage that Georgie read for us, there's some things that are quite symbolic about her. She was privileged. She wasn't a Jew, she was a Gentile, but she was God-fearing. So she had neglected and rejected the gods of her homeland, the gods of her family, even the gods of the way things used to be for this God of the Jewish people. She had probably heard all those stories. Whenever she moved to this land that that's Paula is in, she obviously, her heart had been open to all that was going on, to this God. And so she finds herself within this Jewish community that meets by the river on a probably daily basis to pray. And when Paul goes to this place, it's significant that it's only women. It's significant the time of day. It's significant that they were there in a community to pray together. It's significant that no men were mentioned It's significant where she is from. It's significant what she does. And it's significant that her and all her family were baptized. And it's significant what she goes on to do in being one of the the first females mentioned in Acts, but also the, the first female to welcome the news and to share it out to all those she knew. All these things are significant because for Paul, there were no labels. There were no one person is better than another. There was no person who deserved or didn't deserve to know about the freedom that God brings through Jesus. There was no one person who would be denied it. And he goes on to write in Galatians, we are all children of God brought to faith through Jesus Christ. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. The message Paul brought to all peoples and to all lands wherever he traveled. And we'll see some of those in the next few weeks, the places he goes to and the things that he does. The message he brings is one of freedom in Christ. Not just freedom from the oppression of police, not just freedom from the oppression of a sectarian bias, not only freedom from poverty or freedom from our physical environment, but the true freedom from the slavery of sin 
being welcomed and being called children of God and welcomed into an eternal family and an everlasting family into the goodness of God. That's the message that Paul brought to all people and that's the message that we are encouraged, in fact, told to share with all people about the goodness of God, about his love for all people, about all people being one through Jesus Christ. As we approach communion, we're going to take a few moments. We're going to prepare ourselves. We're going to sing again a song called The Goodness of God. You might not know it, but let me just read the second verse to you. You have led me through the fire, and in the darkest night, you're close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend, and I have lived in the goodness of God. All of my life, you have been faithful. All of my life, you have been good, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Let's sing, or if you don't know it, just reflect upon the words and prepare ourselves for communion as we sing the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful 
As we remember the goodness of God, we come to celebrate in that goodness. We come to remember the feast that he has prepared for us, the meal that he has set before us, which isn't just a physical meal to nourish us in a physical sense from being hungry or thirsty, but the spiritual meal that he gives us to welcome us as one of his own at his table And so we remember that on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. In the same way, he lifted a cup and said, this cup is the new covenant, the redemption, the welcome into my people through my blood, the forgiveness of sins. Today we meet as Jesus instructed us to do. We meet individually at home, but we meet collectively as his church in Garnerville and his universal church together throughout this land and throughout many lands who will celebrate in this meal and this feast together in light of the freedom which we have been welcomed into. All that we have cast aside, all that we have laid down, we come as one in Christ. We'll allow you a moment of reflection and then we'll eat together of that bread. The body of the Lord Jesus Christ, which brings you freedom, broken for you.
the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ shed for you to bring you freedom through the forgiveness of your sins, welcoming you into an eternal and everlasting family, oneness, joy, hope, and peace in and through his blood. Let's drink together. The next time that his friends saw him, he stood among them and said, celebrate, rejoice, and be glad. My peace I bring to you, my freedom I give you. So we today, as we gather, wherever that might be, we say together, celebrate, rejoice, and be glad. The peace, the blessing, and the freedom of God through Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, be yours this day and forevermore. Let's pray together. Teach us, good Lord, to serve you as you did, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to work and not to ask for rest, to labor and not seek for a reward apart from the knowledge that we do your will. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you have led us through the fire, through the darkest night you have been close, that we can know you as a father, as a friend, and your faithfulness is ever enduring. So we give you thanks as we pray in your name. Amen. We sing to close our service this morning. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus.
concludes our service for this morning. Thank you for joining us. And we're going to bless each other by saying the words of the grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.